This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman the Fourth. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgen. Hey, I'm Duffy Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode 21 of season 12. We're palindromic today. That means one, two, two, one for the math nerds among you. This is Ian. This is Steph. This is Theo. And this is Donovan. We have Donovan, a host from the original TBU Comics Podcast and a neglected host in our episode 300 special so i wanted him back for a very specific reason which we'll get to in our reviews but we're extremely excited to have donovan on donovan is of course the reviewer of batman and the outsiders on the website he has done um he's a regular co-host on batgirl to oracle for the cassandra kane episodes (laughs) uh and he writes for dc universe comic and media commentary he knows his stuff, and he's going to add a lot of valuable commentary to our episode. You're too, too kind. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for making the time. We only have one item of news, because we're in a fifth week, and so there's usually not a lot of news. Um, DC Universe is going to be DC Universe Infinite, which is similar to Marvel's Marvel Unlimited. So it'll be just comics. They'll also have some commentary, as far as we know, which Donovan will help write. And... I'm very excited because it sounds like they're doing a big addition. They're be, they'll be adding Milestone, I've heard, and probably, well, they're definitely adding Black Label. They'll be working with Vertigo. There's some contract issues because those are theoretically creator-owned, but some of them they have negotiated to be on DC Universe, but they're going to probably be negotiating harder for that because a lot of those things like Sandman, of course, are big draws. But yeah, I'm excited because... Quite honestly, I haven't watched anything on DC Universe for like six months, but I have read comics like every week on it. So it's great for me. I am just waiting for my email. And oh, I should also um, mention that they've finally said that probably because they don't have to negotiate media license, they'll be expanding to international territories, which is fantastic because it means I can recommend comics to my friends in Europe and Australia and they can stop being like, oh, I wish I was in the U.S. for a comic service. Yeah. That's that's true. I have friends in the UK. They're, they would like to yeah. support it, but like you know, they've been locked out. And like the thing is, I think this is the anti-piracy tool that DC and Marvel have. Like people complain about piracy. This is what you do instead of expecting people to pay four dollars for a digital comic that you can buy for the same amount of money at a store. You have a monthly subscription fee of you know five to six dollars, and you get all the comics you want to read, and it's only six months behind. So it's like. That is a huge anti-piracy tool. And instead, 
they haven't been doing this. So I, I think this is a great move for DC and the industry in general. So, so let me just ask this. Outside of manga, is there a big draw for comics, especially digital DC comics abroad? To where, because I, I know from, from my international friends, you know, they were waiting on DC Universe specifically to see the originals, whether it be Titans, whether it was Young Justice. Now, of course, they were comic fans as well, but, you know, how big are comics outside of the greater North American continent? Well, in the servers I'm on, on Discord, there's actually a pretty decent comic reading fan fan base. So I'd say it's it's decent. I mean, the comics fandom isn't that big anywhere. And of course, it's going to be bigger in America where they're primarily published and targeted. But I'd say that the audience is still going to be reasonable. I'm cool with that either way. They can take my 79 bucks now. <laughs> I'm with you there. I like that getting it out of the way because I save up for these kinds of things and have a thing. So, all right. We'll move on to our reviews. We have two reviews today, Batman 99 and Batman The Joker War Zone. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And we'll start off with Batman number 99, written by James Tynan IV, drawn by Jorge Jimenez. Joker gets in his Jokermobile, a huge stretch Hummer with Joker defacings, drives through the city on fire, arrives at Ace Chemicals, shoots his driver, and gets updated by a call from Punchline that she lost Batman last issue. Joker slaughters his henchmen as he prepares for his fight with Batman. On a rooftop across town, Batman addresses his family, Red Hood, Dick Grayson, Signal, Orphan, Spoiler, Red Robin, Batgirl, and Harley Quinn, and gives them his rousing speech to take back the city. Harley declares that she's going to kill the Joker, but before the family can resolve this dispute, a Joker's clown's attack, spurred on by Joker's reward for killing a bat. The family fans out, and Batman and Harley head to Ace Chemicals after giving Dick the Nightwing costume back. Catwoman, Riddler, and Penguin plan the heist to get Batman's money back from Joker, as seen in Catwoman number 25, highly recommended by this particular podcast host. Batman and Harley arrive at Ace Chemicals, and Batman tells Harley she can't kill Joker. She says she'll wait to see if he dies. Joker confronts Batman first with Alfred's nano-zombie corpse, and then appears himself behind the shocked Batman, dressed in a hideous bat suit. Uh, so, our questions. <laughs> what do you think of our penultimate issue of Joker War? Well... I overall dug it. I like, I think Tyen has a really solid take on Batman franchise in how I don't think he gets as wrapped up with as like trying to characterize this world as a, as a particularly like, you know, uh, you know, hard hitting, you know, this is a militia kind of world. Like, like I feel that like this, the franchise is kind of militarized of, of late of, for, for many years. And I think he knows that, that it's like, you know, this is a comic book history series. So he, you know, he likes the Bat family. He brought he brought them in. Joker's very much been like a comic book Joker for a while. He's not pulling a lot of crazy stunts. It's just kind of a Joker scheme. As, I know I'm speaking as, as the overall story, but for this issue, it feels like it's going to interesting places. And though I'm not love the whole zombie thing, I feel that that's like I think even Batman would be like, really, dude? Okay. Um, but like I did like the last image where it's just like him in this, this whacked out Batman costume. It's like 
I don't even need a reason. It's just whatever. <laughs> like he, he, his body type has changed in that suit. That's so that's been interesting. Um, I'm not sure where this is going because we're entering this this very like, frankly exhausted theme of you can't kill the Joker, but I must kind of thing. I mean, like this is such a binary kind of storytelling that like you really can't imagine or even get invested in how much you stretch it. So that was a little. I felt a little fatigued by that, but but. Generally, I dug it, particularly when um, uh, Bruce gave Dick his costume back, even though that's kind of the last we saw of him, despite the cover. <laughs> I liked it. It still felt a little middle of the roadie, but I guess it is setting up a lot of, of things. I love seeing the family together, even though they don't really get to do anything or say too too much. The whole thing's kind of hijacked by Harley again. But I like where we're going. I think... I don't know, Batman dividing up the family. I mean, it's so my husband and I have this thing we called uh, efficient and lonely, where we both separate at the store and get the different things so we're done faster, but then we're lonely because we're you know, not with our family. <laughs> so that's that's this thing. Now it's like we got the fat family together and now they're being efficient and lonely. They're not together, fighting together. I don't know. It's made me a little sad, but I guess whatever. Uh, zombie, eh, Alfred is weird. But I guess they establish the zombies. They have to use them. I'd feel almost worse if they established the zombies and then didn't use them. It's like, well, what was the point of them in the first place? So even though it's kind of stupid, at least he's using his tools that he's established. And then, yeah, we see the beltless bat costume we saw in, what was it, 94, 93? I don't remember. Joker's really married to that logo. He really loves the ha-ha-has. I don't know where I'm going with this. This isn't really answering your question, <laughs> but uh, it's it's good. I I I it has the potential to end really good, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's not setting me up for disappointment. I don't think. Yeah, I I, I definitely think it's going in the right direction. I uh, overall I don't think it was as good as issue ninety eight, uh, mm-hmm. but still it still it was a very good issue. Um, I'm kind of in the same playing with Donovan with regards to the use of uh, the zombies. Um, you know, a couple episodes, you know, we, we, we argued that if you wanted to use dead people, you know, why not just use the talons uh, as they were doing in Detective? But I guess using the zombies was his way of bringing the zombified Alfred into play. Um but I'm like what I like where things are going. Uh, I also like how things have kind of been tied up with some of the tie-ins, and we've kind of seen we've kind of seen that take place not just with this issue, but also last issue, and with some of the tie-ins uh, itself. We see things have kind of been tied up, although there are still some holes uh, in it. So I, I think as we go into into issue 100 i'm excited to see what happens um and we'll just wait and see what jt takes us well said uh, as you said theo i i truly loved issue 98 but this issue was a step down for me i did love seeing the family together and i thought harley was actually raising some interesting points but it'll really depend on how tynan chooses to end things up with joker harley batman and the rest of the family in a hundred. Um, it was kind of just moving things around for the finale, which is fine. Uh, I just kind of wish 
part of me thinks this could have been a, a four-issue arc because um, the first three issues really could have com been compressed a bit. And then, of course, I think 98 was a good um, build-up. But then this feels like sort of a letdown into the final thing. Mm -hmm. So not bad at all. Not saying uh, I dislike the issue. I just think that because I was so both emotionally and just as an action fan with the fight between Harley and um, Punchline, I just thought that was a really well done fight thematically and uh, artistically. I mean, the art here, of course, is fantastic. Jorge Jimenez draws such beautiful images, even though Donovan was pointing out uh, before we started that one of the clowns who was doing graffiti seems to be floating with no legs. <laughs> um, That's how good he is. He's, he's just that good. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's not a bad issue, but it also doesn't quite feel stellar either. And, and you sure. make an interesting point with regards to Harley's Harley's decision that Joker has to die, and this is not the first time we we've we've heard that. You know, we've seen several members of the Bat family have all come to that same conclusion that you know, particularly Jason, that you know, Joker needs to go. Um, so. You know, I think most of them, are, yeah, most of them right now have, have said in, in some form or fashion that that you know we just need to put the Joker out of our misery, and Bruce has yet to cross that line. And 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 I I often wonder if there would if there would be much argument, you know, from the Gothamites if if Bruce was to at least cross that line you know, make that exception for for the Joker compared to the other rogues, you know, but and we're always going to get this this debate between Bruce and someone, be it Jason, be it Harley, be it Bullock, be it whoever, as to why he continues to let the Joker go through this revolving door, knowing that it's going to continue and if not, get worse. Let me let me let me put it like this. Um, the idea is that like Joker is the most irredeemable evil in Gotham City. Were he to be removed from this mortal coil, that's not the same thing as Batman killing a Spook or you know, um, like Zebra Man or whatever. Like, that's that's not that's not equivalent. Um, but like if you consider like how this has been kind of done before. Like, uh, like for instance, in post crisis, Superman killed Zod and in, in the evil Kryptonians because they basically wiped out Earth on an alternate reality. But he felt so messed up over taking a life that he exiled himself in the planet Earth, and he resolved never to do again. Even when Zod returned, his his solution wasn't I better kill them. Like, like, um. So, can you imagine a scenario where Batman's like, "All right, I, I got to kill the Joker," and he does so, and Nobody gives him crap over it because the, the story then would be but would then become who would be the who would be the next Joker to fill that slot as somebody too dangerous to live, and at that point, do you want to see Batman just continually make that make, uh, cross that line, or is it a case of just like not crossing it again? And it's sort of a rep repetitive cycle of storytelling. But um, I mean, but you got to ask the question: Is there someone that could fill that Joker role? I, I well, just don't think there is. This well, that's a that's the thing. Here, here's what that. I always look at. The reason the Joker can't die is actually not to do with any moral question. The Joker can't die because he sells comics. Yeah. And if you kill the Joker, 
they will just bring in mime or punch or punchline or they will just bring in another joker and no they won't be as good but dc will do the same thing with them so that's really why joker that's, can't well, that's not you know that's not really what i'm asking what i'm asking is in, in the context of the story how would you imagine the world would react even if it's positive batman killed the joker like like batman comics just don't go business as usual that would either have to have an effect on him or that have to have an effect on the criminal populace because someone have to fill those shoes of I'm going to be bigger than the Joker. I'm going to destroy the city. And Batman has to go through this question again. And frankly, there's been enough comics to prove that he can't go that far. Otherwise, he's not Bruce Wayne anymore. So, this, so I find the question to be redundant in the first place. But if they were to explore that angle, it's a pretty it's a pretty like one way street, which is why I, I kind of question the purpose of doing it in the first why we're why we're asking in the first place. Well, I'm still a little disappointed. I mean, I liked the super heavy storyline, but they literally killed the Joker off in Endgame, and Snyder did not choose to highlight the Gotham populace's response to Joker's death because he decided to focus on Batman's death, which is, I guess, understandable, but I feel like it's a it's a missed opportunity there. And, and, and I, I personally think in the context of the comics few things one i don't think there is a rogue that could fill those shoes you know i don't know if if it was snyder's intentions of of trying to make mr bloom fill those shoes if he did he failed miserably um and you know from the from the context of response if there would be anyone who would who would come down you know on bruce other than bruce himself I could see a few members of of the league, particularly Clark, and perhaps Jim Gordon. Yeah, I was about to mention Jim. You know, but hell, you know, Jim suffered through, you know, the 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 shooting of his daughter. So who knows? He may have he may have a line anyway. But you know, like you, I don't think like you like Dustin like Donovan mentioned. I don't think there'll be a lot of people who would cry tears if the Joker was taken off the table permanently. Uh, but there will be a few. But I just, I just don't think there is a criminal element that could fill those, fill those shoes. Not to that level. So, how do you think, speculate a little bit for me, how you think this could conclude in issue 100? Uh, I, would, I would actually put money on Batman holding Joker over um, some sort of like gantry in, in his chemical. And he like has him by the throat and Joker's like, do what you know, you want to bat boy. And Batman's like, no, I wasn't. And then like, um, a la a, a, a early 2000s issue of amazing Spider-Man Harley comes in out of the shadows with a gun. She shoots the Joker. He falls in. He seemingly dies. Batman's like, you don't have to do that. Harley during the arrest. He's like, I saved Gotham more than you ever did. And the story ends with Batman. Like, could I have done it? And then we wait 12 months before the next writer has the best Joker idea, which is essentially this. Wow. <laughs> that is the voice of experience. Um, I'm going to go a little less in detail, but I think that the, Joker is going to be think he'll have one or something like that and then I think Clown Killer is going to show up and then it's going to be an even worse dilemma for Batman because now there's a child in the mix and a child wants to kill Joker so I think there's going to be a three-way showdown there. Oh, I don't know how what Alfred's going to do. Maybe Alfred will just 
guilt Batman to death or something. I don't know. And then, and then, uh, um, I, I hope Catwoman comes back. That's what I want. I want Catwoman to be done with her heist and come back and do some fighting. That's all I really care about. Yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of Steph and a little bit of Donovan. I actually think Donovan's premise, his his setup is, is what's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be Harley that's going to come out, you know, to put Joker into the into the, the vat of acid. I think it's going to be Clown Hunter, you know, setting up these future arcs where Batman is going to be, you know, having it out with the with the youngster. You know, so I, I, I think we're going to see a scene where, you know, the battle is over. Bruce has, you know, has the Joker again leaning over a bat of acid and Joker like, do it, do it, do it. And Batman, you know, conscious kicks in. And before he's able to move Joker, Clown Hunter does something that allows the Joker to fall, uh, which will set up the, these future arcs that we were supposed to be getting that pits Bruce against Clown Hunter in some way of fashion. I think there's a good chance that all of you are right, but here's my own take based on solicitations and so forth. I think that Joker's not going to die and not going to appear to die. I think maybe he'll be severely maimed, like he'll lose an arm well, or something. Well, no, none of us said he was going to die. No, he's not going to die. Well, but I said appear to die. So Donovan's pitch is that he appears to die. Of course, he's not really going to die. But um, I don't think he's going to appear to die. I think he's going to be captured and put in Arkham, and then he's going to have his own plot line that is set up, and we'll talk about that in um, the, the Joker War Zone. But he clearly has a future plot line that I think that I'll talk about. But then I think that Batman is actually going to talk Harley down from killing Joker. And Clown Hunter is going to see it. And that's why he wants to kill Harley. Because she could have killed Joker, but Batman chose to save both of them. And that's why... I like that. That's why I think Clown Hunter and Batman are going to be on a collision course, as we know from Solicit. So that's my theory. You so, know, so, so, from cheating and reading the resolution. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's too just, predictable as it is. It just is. We've seen this story far too many times. And Tinian is like ours. He he knows that. So I would I would like to believe that that because that's a far more that's a far more shrewd way to go about it when, as it affects Harley Quinn rather than Batman and the Joker. Because Harley Quinn and Clown Hunter are sort of like a new element to like Gotham's, you know, crime fighters and, and criminals. Like, like like that to me is interesting rather than posing this. Like the only question that Batman's been asked in the last thirty years. Yeah, and it definitely it definitely keeps Harley center stage as well, considering she doesn't have a title anymore outside of the Birds of Prey thing, which is I think coming to an end soon as well. So it kind of keeps her in you know in in the mainstream. Uh, so yeah, I can I could kind of see that, Ian. That's, that's a good one. Well, I uh, I still think you guys might be right, but that was my own pitch based on my cheating. Um, last question is duck boy the best light of this comic or not is that meant to be something like am i missing it's calling something? it's calling tim out on drake yeah you, you, if, if you're not following young justice you, i wasn't <laughs> and tim's tim's in his robin costume but he, well, it's called red robin red robin. and it didn't even have the double r yeah he's all kind of the double r, r is stupid I'm Double R is stupid, but like this is a specifically in the Young Justice Rick relaunch, he was Robin. Right. 
like which is i mean well, I, that's I just because bendis cool. has a weird idea about him being robin and i think it's tied to the whole reality bending thing but tynan wants him to be red robin and i think tynan is going to win in terms of editorial so well, my question great. is like, 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 like damien left the roles i was like wait a minute are they making tim robin again <laughs> That was no, the headline. I Thanks. think that Damien's going to be Robin in six months. I, I really am not worried. He's DC's invested so much time, and he's a character with so much potential. I don't see them having him leave that long. The Dio's invested so much him. time in him, and he's not yeah. here anymore. Yeah, but Tomasi's still here, and he's still very much in favor of Damien being Robin. Hey, right, and Damien and Damien's going to be in this next next arc with, of Detective uh, Comics of Detective. So I think I think the the healing of Damien is going to start sooner rather than later. At least, you know, this Damien fan hopes so. Because oh. the thought of anybody else being Robin right now is not not something I enjoy. Like Duke the only significance of Duckboy <laughs> that it just begins with a D. Okay. <laughs> huh? I mean, I, I, I kind of find Tim's characterization this to, and also in Nightwing to be a little odd. Like, I know... They kind of want to keep pretending that he's sixteen, but like, like, why is he chewing gum? That's like, you know, we're about to save the city, which is literally on fire right now. And Tim's like radical, man. It's like that was never Tim Drake. <laughs> like, like, what is up with that? Is that is that like down to Jimenez's artwork or like? Uh... I think that's mostly Jimenez. Jimenez is a very youthful guy and a youthful type of artist, and I think he like throwing that kind of detail in. Yeah, I like I like I like this issue, but there there were like minor things that kind of like that did that did kind of affect me because like some common sense stuff. And um, I know I like the hero pose and stuff, but you know, Tim Drake blowing, but like that that's like Connell Superboy or even Impulse rather than like the studious and serious Tim Drake not taking the the death of Gotham seriously. It's like well, all right. Here, here's my counter counter argument for that. Um, I act differently when I'm with different friends. So if I'm I have a lot of siblings, so if I'm with my siblings, I will often, uh, especially with my youngest siblings, I'll be much more, you know, buttoned up. But if I'm with older siblings, I'll be goofing, goofing off more. So I sort of view this as Tim feels safer because Dick's back and Bruce is sort of calling people together. So when he's like that, he feels more confident um, and goofing off. In in more serious circumstances like Battle for the Cowl or Batman Eternal where, you know, there's a lot more at stake and he does, he feels like he has to be in control, he'll be a lot more serious. But so I, I sort of viewed this as Tim's feeling things come together so he's more comfortable. If he were feeling things falling apart, he'd be more serious. Been fighting for a few hours and he probably needs to brush his teeth and hasn't had time. So he's <laughs> I don't necessarily grok with that, but it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. No, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that there isn't an inconsistency. That's just the way I squared it in my own head. No, he was sure. just planning on kissing Steph before he took off. So that's it. That's exactly. There you go. All right. <laughs> so on that note, let's give this a rating. Um, let's see what. Oh, how many uh, Joker mobiles do you uh, give out of five to terrible. Batman ninety nine? <laughs> that wasn't a mobile. That was a tank. Hummer. It was a pimp mobile. Oh, a, a it beach. was a pimp mobile. A TV on the back. I give it a uh, 3.5 out of 5 Joker mobiles. Yeah, I have to agree. It was definitely not as good as last week. And I think I gave last week a 4 or last issue. So, yeah, 3.5. I am going to give it a 3. I, 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 
it probably should be a three, three and a half, but it, I just don't think it was that much. It wasn't better than nine, 98 at all, but I don't think it was as good to, to only deduct a half a Joker mobile. So I'm going to give it a three. I'm really torn between a three and a 3.5. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5 because no, there's so much. Join the dark side. There, the there's dark so side. much gorgeous him and his art, though. Like the, the scene of Batman walking into Ace Chemicals is just heart stoppingly gorgeous. So. That is pimp. That is that is like a really, really cool. So, so many artists like, try so hard to make Batman look cool. That Just him walking, like, that's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was a really cool image. It, it was great. So that that's really where my point five is coming from is is Jimenez's art. I mean, Jimenez did an interview for Fandom saying he thinks it's his best work. As a fan of Jimenez since 2014, I totally agree. I think he's right. <laughs> he's been great for for years, but this is I think the pinnacle so far, and I am very excited to see what he d- does next. And, and I said that like um, I, I I very I, he's a great artist. I, I I think he's been more consistent on like Superman stuff, but like every Batman issue, there's always one image that's just like wow. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking particularly when Batman had that kind of like a spy cam in his in his cowl when he was outside of the Wayne Tower building. That that was a core of a coloring effect, but like he does have a kind of banger panels um, at least, at least once per issue. And I think he does that very consciously. Like he talked about his process and he, he goes through the script and he maps out, well, this is an image I really want to make cool. And these are the more business as usual panels. And so I think he, he aims for that bam panel every issue. And of course, if he could make more bam panels every issue, I sh- I'm sure he could, but this is a month. Uh, no, it's not a monthly. It's a twice monthly comic. So you've got a schedule you got to keep. So I think he's a very smart artist as well as a very talented artist. All right, so um, let me think. That gives us an overall score of something like 3.49 out of five Joker mobiles. If you enjoy our content, please comment on this episode, either on our episode page at thebatmanuniverse.net or on our Twitter at TBU underscore comics or on our Discord server, which is linked on our website. You can also leave a review on Stitcher or iTunes and we'll read your comment on air next time. With that out of the way, let's move to our second review. Batman, The Joker War Zone, number one, which is a one-shot. This has five separate stories, so we'll do a summary and then a brief commentary of each of them, and then do some overall questions about the book. And we start with A Serious House written by James Tynan IV, drawn by Guillaume March. In Arkham Asylum, Bane hears the news of the Joker War as his body is drained of venom by a machine. Joker kills his way into Bane's cell, threatening to kill him as a joke, berates him for failing to kill Batman and wasting Alfred's death. Joker leaves after putting Bane's mask on his face mockingly, and Bane waits. So what do you What's your brief reaction after A Serious House? And where do you think this happens during Joker War? Uh, <laughs> when does it happen? That's a darn good question. And I would love to believe that they've worked that out. But I don't believe there's any sort of like ellipses or... um Not ellipses, that's the wrong word. Or, or any sort of, sort of comment editorial box. Like, you know, editors note this takes place at a certain point. Um, As far as the story goes... 
I I I like this. This 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 to me kind of felt the kind of continuation of tying in sort of like these are the Batman comics and they're kind of working in a certain in a in a familiar continuity. I like touches of like you know Zaz's arms hanging out like that's really cool. Um, I feel that Bane's look has been kind of inconsistent. Like he's been bald. Wasn't he bald in King's Run? Um, but I yes. like the kind of and like mostly naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, uh, I like the kind of like you know '90s crew cut that he he retains, and like the idea. I, I thought the idea of a gigantic like '90s comic book machine uh, siphoning on the venom from his from his system was pretty cool. I mean, it's it's goofy, <laughs> but that's that's the kind of like weirdness that I think Bane as a character kind of uh, of requires. And I thought. I, I like this story because, like, what I like about this, the Joker's character is that, like, he's not like you know, his concern is that, like, this is your your plans and your actions were just not very creative, and that that as, as that as an affront, like, to my sense of comedic timing and my and my, my villainy, like that I find that insulting, and so you're never going to see me coming because Bane is often like, like every now and then Bane is seen as Batman's greatest nemesis, so I like. That Joker took him to do, took him to task like that. So, I thought this is I thought it, particularly with Marsha's art, which I've I've always enjoyed, um, except for like you know, uh, 2011 Catwoman. Um, I thought yes, this was a so frustrating. <laughs> with all the feet. Um, I thought this is a very solid story, very solid short story that I think completely warranted all that we saw in here. Um, there wasn't too much. Um, uh, what we had was was hit, hit the mark. And um, I, I, it's probably my favorite story of the of the of the issue. I I liked it. it I don't like March. I don't like scary. Halloween's my least favorite holiday. It's not even a holiday. Aww. I'm trying to get the day off. <laughs> but I mean, it it suits. I mean, they they use him well. Again, other than Catwoman, I I whatever I've seen March, he's well is well used. And I know that you know Tinyan was going for the icky. In this in, in this run anyway, so or the graphically scary whatever. So that, Action that horror. Action horror. <laughs> but I liked, I liked Joker's points. I liked how incensed he was about how he, you know, Bane had these perfect setups and he wasted them. It's like you could have drained the Bat Family hope, and instead you just kind of screwed up. And so it was just kind of almost funny how how mad Joker was at at Bane for wasting those opportunities. I didn't like it because if it's, yeah, to be continued in 2021. So we know, I mean, obviously they're not going to kill Joker. There's zero chance they're going to kill Joker. But now there's zero chance they're going to kill Joker. And so I'm a little sad that we know what's coming because that kind of spoils, I don't know, the anticipation for me, I guess, a little bit. But that's just my personal opinion. But I thought it was very yeah. All the Donovan points are, are great. Yeah, the the draining of the venom is they should have done that before. I don't know why they didn't think to do that before. <laughs> Give him some dialysis. Yes, dialysis for venom. And and yeah, he's scary and good. Not my favorite. So to answer the first, the second question, where where is it? Oh, when does it take oh, place? Oh, yeah. Can I quickly guess? Go for it. I just think. It's- I just think it's near the beginning because it feels like this is just when he's getting set up. So I, I don't think this, ha- I think this has happened maybe even before he has the money. I think. Well, I think, I think there was a point where he said he had the money already. Oh, did he? I, I, I can't, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check on that. But remember after. the money he got in 94 before Joker war officially started. That's true. 
But yeah, I think this is before things really get. Sorry, eighty four. No, it was ninety four. I was right. Yeah, these are these are one of those stories where you could plop it between any of the parts after mm-hmm. grand design, and it'll probably fit. I don't. I don't. Unlike the the tie-ins, I don't think there's an actual timeline that you actually need to follow with it. It could probably fit between any of the issues, you know, especially those where, you know, you see very little of Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a very good story. And I remember when, when I first read it and I started posting my comments about it, this was, it was right after reading this, this story. I hadn't even gotten through the other, the other ones yet. Um, I mean, I'm quite excited to see, how this story pans out in 2021. You know, you, you, you have the Joker who's, who's Batman's greatest enemy, you know, pitting a war against Bane, who's done all of the stuff that Joker really hasn't been able to do with regards to breaking down Bruce, you know, physically as well as mentally. Um, this is going to be exciting, and and you know, I, the commentary from the Joker, you know, throughout this story was was great, you know, with how Bane just perfectly set everything up and just threw it all away to to do to kill Alfred in front of Damien, you know, and how that one that one bit of the plan just sets the joker off you know everything else he's on board with but the fact that you know alfred's killed in front of damien instead of bruce himself was the was basically the straw that broke the camel's back for the joker to now want to kill bane you know for messing up a good thing so i'm definitely interested to see where this goes I'm with Theo and Steph. I think this happens very early in Joker War because Joker is still sort of setting up. He's not clearly not in his bat suit in this um, issue. I mean, you guys have all basically said what I want to say. I thought there was a really strong story. Guillaume March was just very moody. He he really has that sense of the muscles and the lines. He's a very line-heavy artist, and I think that really works for this story. I... I don't want to get too much into predictions and what's going to happen next, but I am excited. And I want to say that I feel like all five of these stories are basically teasers for something that the bad office is going to do for next year. I think this one yeah, yeah. sets us up. All right, let's move on to our next one. Family Ties, written by John Ridley, art by Oliver Coppell, with colors by Matt Hollinsworth. Home safe after Batwoman and Batman rescued him, Lucius Fox struggles to free himself of the Joker toxin. As his family debates what to do with the money Catwoman gave them in Catwoman 25. Lucius attempts to join the heated discussion, but their house is run into by an armor of Joker clowns. Luke suits up as Batwing to fight them off until Lucius starts shooting them in the head with a pistol, forcing Luke to fly off. The police arrive, and scared of his Joker toxin appearance, they almost shoot him until Luke walks back and persuades them to let Lucius go. Lucius's wife says they need their son, Tim, back. So what do we think of family ties? 
so I, what I like about this is that is this the first time we've seen Lucius's family? I mean, obviously not counting Luke. I mean, obviously Luke has been around for a while, but we I've have to seen see- Tam at the end of Tynan's Detective Comics, but not really anyone else since way back in like. At I'm not seeing his wife answer. since he had a stroke, which is like we're talking yeah. like the like, like the year 2000. <laughs> yeah. We're talking like Devin Grayson, Gotham Knights stuff. Um, I mean, obviously they've all been de-aged, or or at least the, like like Lucius and um, Tam is actually aged up. She's in her mid 20s now, when she used to be in her late teens. She is Tim's age, right? Yeah, I think maybe a year older. Yeah, yeah, I thought she, I thought she was a little younger when we saw her at the end of of JT's run, but. Thought I was wrong too. Is Lucius Luke Tanya is his wife Tam and Tiffany is the youngest, right? And now Tim. Apparently, he only has one child who doesn't start with a T. Yeah, um, I like that we see his family because I've not really been happy with the recent appearances of Lucius Fox, especially like 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 in Luke in 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 the, in the wake of Alfred's passing. Like, I don't like sort of I concept that was taken from the Nolan films where Lucius Fox is just this like magical negro guy who's who will do whatever bruce has said i like originally where he didn't know who batman was and he was just a guy who, who kind of ran enterprises but he wasn't stupid whereas here he just feels like batman's right arm whenever he feels like it and this 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 this, this, this had a lot of goodwill for me because he does have a life of his own he does have a family of his own that's been long since established and even expanded um i wasn't crazy about like the fight sequence I do like kind of seeing Luke intercept and like, I thought there could be a little bit more done between him and Lucius. Like the idea of Lucius holding a gun to Luke. I think that's a really, that's, that's, that's a stronger story than this. than I think this, the right, this the story realizes like those two panels that, that, that really should have been held on much longer than just your typical, like if, if they try to play it like commissioner Gordon Batgirl, I think there's a lot more, there's not, there's a lot deeper content to because it's just like the cop pulling a gun on Lucius, you know, when he has a gun in his hand. Like like there's there's commentary, but it runs from it, it, it drops it and kind of runs from it. And this story could be stronger with that. Um I also didn't like him just like gunning down the, the like Joker clowns in the head like one after another, like with like perfect aim, because he's like he's all drugged up and stuff. Because I feel that like if you're gonna in, invoke that kind of violence She'd be a lot more frenetic and dangerous rather than just sort of, sort of like, well, he has a gun. So that 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 ends that ends the conflict. Um, I thought that like this. I think this story had more potential than it than it delivered, and ultimately, I was disappointed. And I I wish there was there's a better story here. I wish it was a better story, but I didn't love what we got because it felt like there it kind of put a lot of things on the table and didn't make as nice of a dish as it as it could have. Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of that. There's, I, I was almost confused by some of the things because they didn't really f- like you, like you're expecting a certain flow or direction that didn't really go there. So that kind of actually threw me off. Um, I love that we're getting a human look at Lucius, like an actual fallout, emotional fallout. Out, okay, I've been Jokerified. I've spent my life working for the Wayne tech company trying to keep their idiot son from losing all their money <laughs> over and over and over again. And this is like, he is just, he, and now he has access to the money and his 
brain is addled and his emotions are probably all over the place. And this is just kind of a realistic look at a family that wants to do good, but they're also struggling emotionally. And I really appreciated that. But like Donovan said, there's the fight is almost stupid. <laughs> like there's all the fight just destroys the whole flow of the story. And I think even though it reveals even more of Lucius's mind coming unraveled, not coming unraveled, but he's trying to put it back together after being unraveled. So it does highlight that a little bit more, but at the same time, it just didn't seem quite right to have that in there. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of <laughs> political modern day commentary in this, but I think it is also handling it very well and making it very personal and very real, almost, almost <laughs> emotionally real. Yeah, I, I was I was a little disappointed uh, by the time I got to the end of this story as well. Um, I was almost hoping that we would have gotten a prelude to what the what the miniseries is going to be like, um, and I'm hoping that this isn't it, uh, unless we you know we get some real deep stories in those in those issues. Um, but a couple of things that 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 jumped out at me, and I'm gonna go a little bit back a little bit, um, but it kind of ties into the Tamaki story that we read in Detective Twenty Seven. So we kind of now see. Could we remember we when we were discussing it? We weren't sure at what point in the story Tamaki was telling because remember Lucius was covered up, and so we can now assume that you know that story happened after. He was rescued by uh, Bruce and and Kate, you know, and but he still has this psychological thing where he's afraid of people seeing him still jokerize per se. So I, I, that that was an assumption that I took. Um, I am I am still interested in seeing where John Ridley is going with his miniseries. Um, especially from the standpoint of looking at the Fox family, but in, in the realm of Joker war and how all of this is turning out, I mean, again, it, it's, it's putting everything in place, uh, you know, cause we do know at some point down the line, you know, Lucius is going to be CEO of, of Wayne enterprises. Uh, so that kind of tells me that perhaps they're going to keep the money at least for now. And I think even JT, uh, mentioned that you know Bruce wasn't getting his riches back that quick. So um you know I I'm I'm okay with that. Uh but in the end of it all, you know, I was expecting more of the story. I w I wasn't expecting this story at all actually, but uh for what we got I, I wish we could have gotten more. I tend to agree in my analysis there are four big ideas in the story for just like eight pages and that's two ideas that that's two pages per idea and that's not enough for the size of the idea i mean you've got you know your police um black american interaction that's very much a symbolized thing although it's sort of masked by the joker thing um you've got family drama with tim mentioned you've got the the family drama with the money and you have Lucius struggling with the trauma of being abducted and poisoned uh, and mind controlled, basically. I think 
the sides of this story really could only have handled one of these. And maybe since Tim is brought in at the end, they could still have kept that. But it feels like there's so much in here and it deserved, each one of those ideas deserved, you know, a full issue, let alone a short story. So I, I feel it's overstuffed. I did love uh, Olivier Coipel's art. Uh, I've been a big fan of him for a while, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that he's not going to be the artist on the main series, although I also love Nick Darrington, who's been announced as the artist on the main series. Did someone remind me, but wasn't Tim a villain at one point? Yes, he was involved in some sketchy stuff in... Actually, I think it was the the parallel issues they were doing just before New 52 started. There was these things just like... the the 80s, and then a new story written in that same continuity, and I think Tim was in that. Yeah, I, I meant to look it up, and I never had a chance to, but I, I, I faintly remember him not being, you know, part of the reason why he was ostracized from the family was because of his dealings. Wait, 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 wait. which comics are you talking about? Oh, I don't remember the call. Hang on, let me take a look. It was like, 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 like Tim, Tim Fox, right? Yes. Yeah. In the like when his original appearances, this was back when Dick was still Robin in college. He was just like the, a teenage, like like kind of like um, I don't even say political. He was just kind of acting out. He, I don't I don't remember him specifically doing crimes, but but he was he was in cahoots with criminals. Um, and there was kind of a generational divide between him and his dad. Yeah. So this is called DC Retroactive Batman the Seventies, and it was a series. I yeah, no one remembers them. I just found them on DC Universe. It's like, this is sweet looking. Um, but it was published just a couple months before the New 52 hit, and the writer was Len Wein, it looks like. So, yeah, that was uh, Tim making a deal with looks like the terrible trio. All right, let's move on to our next story, The Symbol. Symbol is written by Joshua Williamson with artwork by David LaFuente. High five. High five. Villain henchmaster crows about his service of providing henchmen as he and his gang attack a storage facility when Spoiler and Orphan attack on Spoiler's bike. One hour earlier in Bloodhaven, Stephanie Brown explains to Cassandra King that what the Joker war means and suggests despite her tension with Batman, Gotham needs a signal in the sky girls plan to beat Henchmaster and steal Steph fa- Steph's father, who was Cluemaster, his signal. Stephanie works uh, a girl, an opening... Steph works at opening the storage unit while Cass holds off the gang. Henchmaster monologues about he and Batman are the same, treating people as weapons to be used, but Steph uses his attack to break through the door. Fortunately, Cluemaster's signal is already broken, so Cass has an idea. They will wear the signal themselves. So what do we think about the symbol? I know that I myself was most excited about this, and I assume that Donovan and uh, Theo also had great anticipation about this story. Yes. <laughs> um, Probably for different reasons, but still. What's, what's, your, what's your investment in this? Uh, Cassandra Kane is my, my investment. Uh, all right, so we share the same investment. Okay, well, we good then. <laughs> great I'm the one who's alike. different. Yeah. Wrong too. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I, I like I like Stephanie Brown too. <laughs> no, no. When it comes to Steph, Ian's always wrong. <laughs> wow. Darn words. Uh, well, I'll say that is that like um, I know that this era has 
you know, kind of return their friendship, which is good to see. And it's really dicey because ever since that issue of Detective, where they know at one point they were Robin and Batgirl, respectively, um, they are operating under the idea that that was an alternate version, not just a time slip. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of vague. So I've been kind of waiting for them to kind of follow up on that. And in Young Justice, Spoiler has kind of often re- referred to that. So here, I, I, I kind of see it as like, let's just kind of, you know, do what we, we know what we can do rather than kind of doing something crazy and kind of inspire things. Um, Cassandra's wearing her Batgirl costume pretty much. I mean, I don't see a lot of stitching. It's kind of, it looks kind of, that's kind of, kind of depends on the coloring. Um, but like, that's, that's her, that's her Batgirl. That's, that's the Damien Scott Batgirl costume. As opposed um, to the Tony that. Daniel orphan. Let's be clear. It is a change in costume from Tony Daniel's design to Damien Scott's design. I, actually, was it Alex Maleev? I think Alex Maleev designed it, but Damien Scott's most Alex famous. Maleev, Alex Maleev designed it because because Catherine wasn't the first person to wear it. But like it, like, like it, to me, I, I associate it with Scott. But you're right, it wasn't Maleev design. Um, whereas Stephanie just put like um, I mean, she kind of put on her like Scorpion Sub Zero face mask and like uh, and like put a bat symbol on her chest. I'm surprised that there's no horns on her cowl. Um, I would have loved to see both of them as Batgirl together. Yeah, I think that was my biggest disappointment that she wasn't in her Batgirl suit. But go ahead. Well, I wonder where's where we're going with this because we talked earlier about like uh, the mantle of Robin and how's that going up. And if you're reading Batgirl, God help you, um, don't do it. Barbara's on the verge. Barbara's on the verge of 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 leaving that mantle as well. Um, I don't know. DC has lately been very kind to '90s fans. I don't know how far they would be willing to take this. Like with the deal out of the way, I am not against the expectation that we kind of might be seeing some of the dynamic, some of the status quo shift around. Everyone loves the joystick is Nightwing, so that's 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 kind of incontrovertible. But like, who is Robin? Who is Batgirl? These seem to be a lot more fluid lately. And with this image, I mean, and I'm not even. I was never. Like, like Cassandra has to be Batgirl personally for me. Like I, I was, I was salty in the first few issues of Steph's book just because of the way it happened. But I was cool with her being Batgirl, and I'm wondering if this is kind of be a thing where, like, will she be orphan? Will she be Black Bat? Will she be a Batgirl? And what does this mean for Stephanie? Will she be a spoiler? Like, what, what does this final page mean exactly? Because wearing this symbol, I find to be a little bit of a cheap gesture. It comes to the writer's side, not so much the character's side, but you have like Jason wearing the bat symbol as he's using guns. I've I've never gotten over that. Um, and the signal wears a bat symbol, and that's kind of like him being on Batman's team. But like, can he be his own hero beyond that? Which has always been questioned. Batman, and the Outsiders. So my interest is where this goes, rather than just cool. They're wearing a symbol. Please don't tell me it's just for this panel. Please tell me this, this goes somewhere. Well, we know it's um, not just for the panel because we've seen the previews for 100 and they're still wearing this costume. But what happens true. next is the question. I am highly intrigued. But of course, this, this, this it's not just that. It's, it's, you know, who will, who will Cass be working with? And this also impacts where she goes in Batman and the Outsiders, which has one final issue to, 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 to wrap up. Um, will she be working with Barbara again? Will she be working with Batman again? Uh, what about what about spoiler? How does she see her using utilizing the symbol beyond just being a symbol? Um, other than that, like I, I really like them working together. Um, I like the artwork. The artwork is a little like like softer in terms of like you know it's it's much more um, stylized. So it's a, like it's a bit there's some tonal flexibility in there, but it's, but it's fine. I, I, I dig it. Um, 
And I don't know. It's, it's like, like seeing them just on their own together felt more right than I, I think even I anticipated. And I thought it was done very well. Like, like they weren't out of character. Cassandra wasn't eating gerbils or anything like that. So like, um, I've seen some cast fans on Twitter far more intense than I disappointed with this. And I was kind of like, really, that's it. But I wasn't like sad. Um, and I'm intrigued to where, where, where it leads to. Uh, how many issues is this Warzone thing solicited for? Is this a one shot or this is, is it a one shot? One shot. Okay, so this is probably continuing the pages of Batman, but like, um, well, I was officially going to be a question intrigued. later. So don't get too far in the future, but uh, that we are going to talk about where everything's going. Okay, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I would I would have loved to love it, but I I I. I I've, I've I've been around the block, so I I know not to put my heart in too many things, especially when it comes to these characters. But I I, I didn't I didn't read this and didn't like it. That that was the thing. I, I would have rather this be too short, but I still like it rather than me read this and just come away like ugh. So like uh, I thought I thought this was solid. Well, I'm gonna get out of the highway here, so I'll hurry up and say a few things. Um, and I think this is something Ian wanted to talk about. Is is Oh, I don't. I'm not quite getting the flow of the story and how it weaves into Batman '99 because I think we kind of talked earlier that the f- first, like the hour earlier in Bluehaven where the girls are talking, probably happens before the Bat Collective is called, <laughs> and then this yeah. might be um, after that because in Batman '99 they're wearing their spoiler and orphan outfits. And then this might be them doing their efficiency and loneliness together. And and then they'll probably come back in Batman 100 with their Batgirl costumes, which would be cool. But it is, it's, there, there's really no indication of that in here. You kind of have to guess the, all that. But anyway, uh, so I thought that was a little confusing. Uh, seeing them together is cute. I don't know what they're going to be called. Are they going to be Black Batgirl, Purple Batgirl, and other Purple Batgirl? <laughs> Uh, who knows? I don't know. What does Batgirl wear? Is it purple? I forget what her main color is now. Uh, it's blue and gray with yellow highlights. With yellow, 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 yellow. Same as Cassandra. Anyway, I don't know, but it was good. I love the art. Story was cute. Slightly stupid because I don't know why they're taking out the henchmen in training when they should be taking out the henchmen and the bat symbol's broken, so the whole thing was vaguely pointless. But you know. It's cute. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all carry on with your intense, <laughs> intense caring about Cassandra Kane. I can't. I can't continue. Well, uh, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna delve too much because Donovan is pretty much where I'm at as well. Especially with with the questions that I ha- that I've had with regards to the story, uh, particularly with regards to how you know how Cass has gotten to where she is, uh, including from the standpoint of of having a clean vocabulary now, or a cleaner vocabulary now. You know, the, at the end of JT's run, you know, Babs was just starting to get her into the dictionary and learning words, and now she's speaking freely. Um, the art for me, it, I'm... I, I, I don't want to say it was softer, but it seemed more comical. And I think what really did it was how the hench master was drawn, you know, in in that clowny suit that he was in. Um, 
it was okay. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. Uh, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely waiting to see what's next. You know, is it going to be a duo book? If it, is it going to be a trio book? You know, will, are we going to see a, a certain uh, person, you know, back uh, talking to people from the shadows? Uh, you know, so maybe named after a Greek mythological figure. Yeah, yeah, but you, but 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 moving on, yeah. Um, I'm definitely definitely interested in, in seeing how this turns out, uh, especially as you look at the dynamic between you know Steph and Cass. Um, you know we've seen Steph team up with a couple of members of the Bat Family. You know, and, and one of the things, and you know, Ian, Ian and I have always discussed this. One of the things that have given me a lot more appreciation for her was the relationship she had with Damien uh, in that arc of, of Batgirl uh, back, you know, back when she had the mantle. So, uh, you know, despite me always going at Ian uh, with his love over Stephanie compared to my love for Cass, you know, I, I do have a, a good appreciation for her because she does seem to do well as a teammate. Uh, and we've seen that in other stories as well, you know, whether it's Batman and Batman Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. I think Dustin, oh, sorry, oh man, I think Donovan said it pretty much perfectly. <laughs> I don't the honor. Dustin's talking about you somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You think he's he's thinking about me right now? Um. I think Donovan Probably. said it pretty much perfectly when he said, I wanted to love it, but I ended up liking it. And I'm glad that I liked it. There's nothing I can say was really wrong. There's a little thing that bothered me a little bit where Henchmaster says, spoilers just about the tech. She can't do anything. And then I don't think that Williamson is agreeing with Henchmaster because he then has Steph pull a judo move and throw him through the door, defeating him. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I did read... Uh, uh, Tinian's detective run. I did not read his Eternal books, or at least not consistently. Is, is Stephanie now some sort of tech whiz, like like Tim was originally? Yes. Is that now a thing? She yeah. she's very tech savvy now. Okie dokie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I uh, David Lafuente. I first encountered uh, when he was doing Ultimate Spider-Man after Mark Bagley. Well, after Mark Bagley, and then Stuart yeah, yeah. left. So he's always had a really uh, big affinity for young characters and sort of a teen. He likes to have really big hands and big eyes. It's very manga-influenced, even though he's a Spanish artist. But, of course, artists have influence from all over the world. He um, drew Batman Eternal number 43, which was the big spoiler issue, um, one of the three or four big spoiler issues in that series. And so I've always had a big affinity for the way he draws Stephanie. Um, he also drew the Stephanie sequence in Batman Eternals finale number 52. He drew the spoiler Batgirl short story in Batgirl annual number three and the cover for Batgirl number 46, where Stephanie joins the main cast of Batgirl during the Burnside run. So David LaFuente and Stephanie Brown have this connection in my mind because he's, he's been relatively consistently drawing her over the last five years. Um, his art style has actually shifted radically in the last two years, though. He's gone to a much uh, mm -hmm. more computer-shaded look and 
uh, much more rounded and stylized lines where he, he used to be a, mo- a lot more spiky, especially during uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. He did a lot of spiky hair stuff. Um, so I think that's really interesting. I hope that the costumes... No, Cass's costumes is, is basically her, her 2000s Batgirl costume. So that's pretty solid. But I hope Steph's costume gets a little bit of refinement because the Bat logo looks a little pasted on. So I'm hoping that that can get refined and become more natural looking. My own personal theory is that we're going to get a Batgirls book where Barbara is leading and mentoring and Steph and Cass may not be called Batgirl, but they are Batgirls. They're part of the group of Batgirls. Um, so that's my theory of where this is going. I really hope it's true because I will buy the heck out of that book. I, I need I need Cass to be called Batgirl because I absolutely hate Orphan. That is like the worst. What the hell was he thinking with that? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, that's, I that's, know what he was thinking, like, but it was kind of a weird thing. I understand what you're saying, Ian, and I totally agree, but Cass has got to get a new name. Orphan is just a terrible name for such a good character. Black Bat was never brilliant, but it was perfectly suitable. It was yeah, more I, respectable than Red Robin. I still Agreed. don't understand why Black Bat uh, just... Good, like, yeah, Morrison forwarded that out during a dream one day, but like he's like, you know what, it's fine. It's kind of like, you know, I, I'm a fan of the of the sidekicks having a a unique title. Um, like Nightwing, Oracle to a lesser extent, Black Bat, Red Hood, those all like are like closer to their identities. I never thought that Cassandra King was wedded to the mantle of Batgirl. I saw Cassandra King more than Batgirl, I mean, I called her Batgirl well into Stephanie's title. But um Orphan is such and the the, the reason behind because this this kind of I, I think I wrote an article about this a few years yes, back when did. it was on Twitter. Uh yeah, and and like it's just such a nasty thing to call her particularly when this character is kind of i would i would argue defined just as much if not slightly more than other characters as kind of being part of a, this new bat family uh particularly even even this version of batman as, as wangsty as he is has hugged her so it's like why are you guys insisting on calling like well like, i think i think we all know why I think it we know a, why, and that reason is no longer working for DC. So it is a terrible, demeaning name. It, it, it's right. just I, I hate it. I mean, it, when 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 at the end of at the end of uh, Eternal, you know, when or, or Batman and Robin Eternal, when you know he you know basically welcomes her to the family and and talks about the name, and she just says. Orphan. If I was Bruce, I'd be like, "Hell no, no." Like, Batman, like all star Batman, and Robin. Like he like 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 he would shove that hood over her head. No, you're not. You're Black Bat. <laughs> yeah, right. like, I mean, yeah, you're the gosh darn Black Bat. Yeah, I, I, I would gladly take Black Bat to Orphan. I would gladly take almost any other name to Orphan. That's just a. It's just a terrible name. Uh, sorry, JT, but that's just a terrible name. Okay, so let's move on to our Ashes of Eden story. Ashes of Eden by Sam Johns, art by Laura Braga, colors by Antonio Fabella. Poison Ivy walks into her underground garden that Harley took Batman to in issue 98, but finds many clowns who followed Punchline in. She burns them all except for one female clown who comes into the garden late, reminding her of Harley. Outraged at the wars and destruction, Ivy calls herself Queen Ivy and sends out roots beneath the city on a massive scale. To be continued. 
So what do we think of Ashes of Eden? Uh, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, I- I- I'm going to be quick. <laughs> I very much like Poison Ivy. I'm not a fan of this sort of like like slipstream retroactive. She's good, you see. She is a horrible person. I, I-, I think Pamela Isley is super cool as a villain because her convictions have made her vicious. She is she is not she is evil. So I appreciate stories where she's just shown as just this like completely self-indulgent killer. Now of course I'm not saying that I don't need her to be like the Joker where she isn't she has, I like her to have, you know, an idea behind what she's doing. And you know, for her to call herself Queen Queen Ivy and stuff is like completely on brand. Um it kind of reminded me of Batman and Robin the film where like she like goes into this headquarters place and clears it out by like Killing people around, which uh, and other kind of stuff. I thought that was pretty pretty neat. Um, and if she's going to have these sort of like like I like vine superpowers to the extent that she does, I like the fact that she's kind of like this unstoppable character with it. So I dug it, and I feel that like I didn't feel that this is necessarily a retort, but I like seeing this as an alternative to the much more kind of more morally ambiguous, potentially even anti heroic RV, which I think is a little insulting to people's intelligence. So, like, I, personally for me, I dug what this what this story did. But that's because I, I, I come with baggage. It was, I mean, it's not really a story. It's more like what happened in 98 after, you know, it's the off-panel end, kind of, except we get the on-panel, off-panel. But, yeah, I do, I do like Ivy as a villain. She's she's a wholeheartedly believes she's doing the right thing. Humans are subpar to plants. Plants are being beings that are better and and deserve to be fought for and so she's just the world's best eco-terrorist and it's just great and i like that they're setting her up for a villainy coming up and i love her new outfit i hated the green leaves boots onesie um so i love the kimono bathrobe thing she's wearing now it's kind of cute except for the four leaf clovers that should probably be something else but whatever uh yeah and excited to see what they're going to go with that and what she's going to do. Poor Batman. He'll probably have time for a 10-minute nap, and then he'll have to fight Ivy. <laughs> so, am, am, am I safe to say that this is post-Heroes in Crisis, Ivy? Oh, yes, you know, definitely. With, 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 with green skin and all. I definitely... This is also like post-Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Ugh, terrible miniseries. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I, I'm 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 on board also with enjoying Ivy as pure villain Ivy. Um, I was I was I wasn't completely on board with anti-hero Ivy, although that graphic novel um, that Amy Chu did with Clayman was wonderful. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely you know I, I like that DC is setting up with Warzone is setting up a lot of stuff for us come 2021. And just, this is just another one of those stories uh, that we're going to see at some point. And I'm excited to see, you know, not only how this is going to affect Batman and Gotham, but also how it may affect the relationship between her and Holly. Uh, You know, this, this, the turning point that, you know, turns, Holly back to full villainy or, you know, will we at some point see the two lovebirds 
go at it. So there's definitely a lot of directions that they can go uh, with turning Ivy back full heel, and and I'm on board to see where it goes. Art was beautiful, by the way. Yeah, this is very much a teaser, and I I like what Steph said about how this is on panel, off panel land. I I really like this collection as it is those short stories of what happens during Joker War. So Joker War has felt a little small because it's basically just happening in Batman, and there's some tie-in issues, but this really makes the world of Joker War feel bigger to me. And I like that we see the consequences of Punchline torching Ivy's underground garden, as we saw in 98. Um, I'm so glad that Donovan said what he said, because I also think that Ivy should be more villainous. I don't mind her having sympathetic motivations, but I don't like this idea that she is heroic, because she has just killed people who, sure, may have made wrong choices, but not every wrong choice deserves to be murdered, you know? So I think this story is interesting. Um, I will be very curious to see where this happens. Because, I mean, I could definitely see a good arc of Batman fighting Ivy. I mean, it's been a while since that's actually happened because she's been sort of portrayed in the anti-heroic light. And so seeing a... Was she in the Birds of Prey at one point? Yeah, she, for just for that one arc where literally God. every costumed hero and villain was working together, but... I wasn't a big Morons. fan of that characterization. I mean, there was there was a there was a scene in the Harley Quinn show where Ivy's just like tearing guards to pieces with her vine powers, and someone uses a flamethrower on her vines to subdue her. And Harley, who's supposed like Harley and Quinzel, the time was supposed to be like, like, no, that's abusive. Don't do that. And it's just like, okay, guys, seriously, like, I, I very much like the character. I feel it's it's patronizing to posit her as somebody who, um whose actions kind of go can, can, can be explained by anything beyond herself is like, like she, she is far more independently. Uh, she has far more agency than, than I think people want to lend it to her when, when, when it comes down to this, like, well, she's a very like um, anti-patriarchal kind of figure. It's like, sure she can be, but she can also still be like a killer. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I like, said, just because you have sympathetic motivations doesn't mean you're a good guy. Yeah, and that goes the same for Harley as well, quite frankly. She doesn't have any place in the Justice League. Yeah, but, oh, I, gosh. but, but I, think, I think most people have accepted her as hero, anti, anti-hero. You know what I mean? I think I've seen, I've seen a lot of, like, 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 like Estella loves her Ivy. Um, and I do too. I've seen a lot of um, comic fans come on to her and, and want to see her more heroically. I think part of that might be because of DC superhero girls, where like everybody's a, a kid hero. But I, I think I think there's a real. I, I don't mind if she would turn heroic, but there needs there needs to be a story behind that. You can't no, just I, she actually has to be a hero. She can't just be like slaughtering what people again. No, 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 no. And, and I'm sorry. I, I, I was speaking more of Harley, not 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 Ivy. Oh, okay. Well, her too. Well, Harley is mostly just because she's so popular that DC doesn't feel like they can let her be classified as a villain anymore. But a few years ago, the Suicide Squad film was like, oh, she's crazier than the Joker. So it's like, I don't think they've decided one way or the other. They like the idea of her as like this bad girl, like super villain. But they also like this idea of of this character who like you can root behind. And it's like, I, I would not mind one or the other if you develop it. 
I really wouldn't. If, as long as you get me there, you can't just like flip a coin and decide one way or the other. Cause that's, that shows how shallow the character actually is. All right. So let's move to our final story. Clown hunt written by James Tynan drawn and colored by James Stokoe. The Joker tells a team of clowns, Snap, Crackle, Pop, and Big Ed, to take out Clown Hunter in the Narrows. The crew finds spiked strips and dead clowns, but also lose one of their number to a booby trap. Another falls when they flamethrow a dummy and hit fuel tanks. A third is killed by Clown Hunter's sniper shot. Then Big Ed, the last clown standing, faces off against the young vigilante. After a brutal battle in which both are unmasked, Clown Hunter kills Big Ed with a battering bat club to the head, to the cheers of the Narrows. So what do we think of Clown Hunt? That's Very right. violent. Yeah, that, that, that was my takeaway. Um, between, the, between the pastel coloring and just the, the, kind, of, the kind of guerrilla style, war style violence, I, I, I put it on the Discord chat that we have, I'm not sure if that's public knowledge or not, but like... um. I think this this book kind of made the whole issue. It kind of papered it in a way which I thought is kind of taking a bit too far. And for me to just realize, like, there's just there's just I think there's too much violence in Batman comics. We all know Batman's a dark character. We know that his characters, you know, his villains are all dark, dark, violent offenders. But I feel as though that writers think that they can turn Batman stories into a mechanism for like. Like video game violence, I find that to be like increasingly irresponsible. And this is not this is this is something we've been talking about like like for years on this on this podcast. Um, but like it's still happening to a degree in which I don't I don't I don't see a lot of I just don't see a lot of responsibility in it because I find I know that this book is you know for teenagers, but um, especially with the way the world is now, like violence should have consequence, and it's increasingly looking like like it doesn't. Like it's it's as as a tool for a level of drama that's not sufficient to require the level of violence it's been depicting. That, that, that kind of soured the story for me. Pretty violent, and I'm thinking of it more on a who are the people in this book, not necessarily who are who's reading this book, although, you know, we as adults should see that this is very violent. But, like, this is a baby. This is a little boy. He's probably Damien's age. In fact, I was almost thinking it might... I don't know. I knew it wasn't Damien, but... You know, you can almost imagine that it's some 13, 14 year old boy. And uh, it's just so sad that, that they feel like Batman has basically deserted them. And this is all that's left to do. Like this is like he genuinely feels that killing goons is the only way to protect the people in his neighborhood. And he's not wrong. I mean, the GCPD's not helping. The Miller Army's not helping. Batman's not helping. Like he just he feels alone. And I I really feel like he's gonna be a he's gonna be a character that i personally will probably empathize with a lot uh when he i'm imagining will come to loggerheads with batman down the road because it's just he's he's not wrong his methods are awful but he's he's not wrong yeah to to kind of go off of what what Steph was saying, but you know, to agree with everyone else, yes, very violent. Um, but this this isn't the first time that we've encountered a character who who has who has a grudge with Batman, uh, you know, for not going far enough to 
protect the people of Gotham. And unfortunately, this time, you know, we we get this in the form of another kid. You know, the first one being Damien, who's always felt his dad hasn't gone far enough. Um, so you do empath you do empathize, especially with a youngster who feels there's nothing else left to do. You know, especially since Batman won't do it. You know, you know we've seen plenty of people who have always called, you know, just a, a revolving door when it comes to the rogues gallery. And, you know, every once in a while we get someone who wants to take it a step further to do the things that Bruce won't do. And, you know, Clown Hunter is going to be that person. Uh, for a while in the Batman title, just like we're supposed to be getting another one uh, in in Detective, you know, who's supposed to be a new vigilante that'll take it a step further. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how JT handles handles these two when they butt heads, and then uh, you know, compare it to what Tomasi does when Bruce and Mira. Uh, come to blows but um it was a good story from the standpoint of again it's setting up what we're going to be getting down the line uh yeah but you know this is not one that's really for the kiddies um folks so if if if, if your youngster hasn't read the story yet you may want to hold back because yeah there's a it's a lot of violence and you know what uh, in- the kind of um pernicious thing is that like there's a lot of violence kind of like characterized by a lot of very cartoony embellishment mm-hmm. by the lettering like that, that final shot of him like like thwacking it you have like these like it's almost cartoonish like almost like kid graphic novel deliveries like where like his eyes kind of bug out almost in a funny way and then you kind of zoom into his face as like his brains come out through his nose it's, it's almost like it's violence as as drawn in a way that would appeal to kids which makes it oh. darker <laughs> Yeah, it, it, oh yeah, but I mean, you just can't you you can't get past you know seeing the battering axe go through somebody's head. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's just I want to push back ones. a little bit on what Donovan's saying. Not, I think Donovan is right. I think this is somewhat irresponsibly violent, and I think that the cartoony style mixed with the violence is troubling. But where I would push back a little bit is I think that we're meant to find it troubling. Uh, Donovan said that we violence should have consequences. And I think to some extent, Clown Hunter is the consequence. He is a child who's lost his parents almost certainly directly as a response, uh, as a result of Joker War. Um, and I think that, I think we're supposed to be really troubled by the fact that the Narrows resounds with cheers for brutal murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it might be slightly undercut by the um, cartoony art, but I think Tynan is trying to unsettle us. Um, it could be a case of intentions being uh, slightly hampered by execution. Uh, and I don't want to say that, I mean, this is nowhere close to my favorite story of this collection, but I do think there is some thought behind it. I just think that the the executions led to it being a bit lacking, which I think leads to Donovan's justified critique. Well, I'm also questioning, like, like I don't know to what level they're cognizant of 
this is meant to be uh, violent. And that's supposed to be the, the, the takeaway. Because even like the very end, it's like the end. It it looks seems it seems like an endorsement of like you know a raucous like rock and roll kind of youthful exuberance that 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 involves violence. Like well, there's a lot kind of like of hard because. They're using literal Joker henchmen wearing clown masks who are almost the embodiment of evil in Batman's universe. So it feels justified because we know people who work for the Joker are almost certainly vicious murderers. So I think that there is a bit of moral cheating going on. But I I don't know. I left it feeling unsettled. And I think I feel like we're supposed to be unsettled. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. I don't know if I, I I don't get that sense exactly. I, I think that like the style and the and the, the violence in the script kind of aim for a a kind of like fun reading experience. Like heads are flying everywhere in that like, kind of like the kind of like you know street lamp explosion, and the guy getting shot in the head is like bang. That's that's a very Chris Burnham kind of like you know use of like the kind of the Dick Spring technique, but like. I don't know. It, 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 it feels it feels unsavory, and that's. That, I always feel that, that that you have you've gone too far when Batman comics become unsavory. You know they can they can push things, but when they're like just unpleasant to to take in, then it's like okay, but you know you, you can't make Batman just unpleasant for everybody for for people to read. Like that's just not the character. It's not the franchise, and I, I, I don't I don't really care what villain they're dealing with, whether it is a Joker or not. I mean, there's this. This is still comic book characters, for, for uh, super involving comic characters involving superheroes and supervillains. I, I don't think that they should be so like recoiling that you forget how ridiculous it, it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, like like like, like, like there's a, there is supposed to be a, 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 a sort of remove from the events because they are involving superheroes and supervillains. And when it's kind of like this sort of like Ultimo level of of like gang war, I mean, this kind of reminds me of Akira. I don't think Batman comics should be like I like Akira, but like that's Akira. So like, I I, I you know I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't think that like you know your 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 um summation of it is so far afield of. And I I see the logic behind it, but I just find this to be like just, the more and more I look over it, it's just like this is just a gnarly kind of kind of work that I hope that they don't think is cool to repeat again and again and again otherwise these books are going to get really this might risk a controversy in the future well we are going to get the batman annual number five coming out by the same creative team about clown hunter so i guess we're going to find out can we actually expect that this level of violence will leak over into the main title I, I was actually looking for the cover and I couldn't find it with the digital copy I had. Was this, was this rated for teens or not? I'm sure it was rated for teens. I, I'm positive it was, but I feel that like first of all, that's like microscopic to see. It's age People, thirteen plus. Thirteen plus. Um, and in this day and age, that probably counts. But like, I I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean technically, could, could we, the Indiana Jones films are the same rating and. I also have problems with the level of violence in at least the first three of those. And we, and, and, you know, we, we, we kind of had this discussion, you know, in, in the staff server with regards to the level of violence in comics, you know, basically modeling society today. I mean, call of duty, you know, all these other RPG games that are out there, 
very violent, you know, shooter games, you know, that, that are rated teen. Um, it, it's just mirroring society. Again, I, I, I wouldn't want my 10 year old reading this, but you know, my 15 year old probably sees this, you know, watching cable TV. I mean, I think that like it would be helpful to lay down uh, to say it's, it's for us to say or for me to say it's too violent. Like what I would find acceptable, and I, and I think that like well, and I don't I, think that it's, you're it's against violence. It's about the context of violence, and that's why I think that you're right in terms of execution because it is cartoony, a, a cartoony depiction of truly extreme violence. So I, I think it's not necessarily just the violence; it's the context, and I think Donovan really laid it out well in his articulation. Thank you. <laughs> um, has, but, has Steph said, or I'm interested to see, what, what do you think, Steph? And I do wonder, though, like, I don't want to keep talking too much, but <laughs> I do wonder if the, the cartooniness is almost a reflection of who Clown Hunter is, because he is a child. Like, one thing I had been kind of wondering is his uh, his word bubbles are very different than everyone else's. It's all his lettering is lowercase. It's, uh, it looks like a different font. It's hard to tell because everyone else is all caps and he's all lowercase. So I was just wondering, like, what does that say about him? And maybe the, the cartooniness and childness of the violence is just a reflection of his character. Like, he is a child who's doing absolutely horrendously, outrageously awful things that should never, ever really be depicted in that art style. Maybe. Okay, so let's move to our overall questions. Where do you think we'll see these one-shots continue next year, and what do you think they'll look like? That's a good question, Ian. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I suppose it depends. Like, like, yeah, the Joker and Bane one could, could go down uh, far away from now, depending on who, who wants to take up Bane, if Tinian wants to do it or not. Uh, the, the, the Batgirls, plural, one could pop up. I mean, that could pop up anywhere between, like, you know, something Tinian wants to do to, to, like, just the general overall editorial direction that could pop up in other bat books. That could be something, something should Brian Edward Hill be still employed. Maybe he'll do something with that. Um, other stories, like, I don't think we'll ever see any replications of, like, the, the Luke Fox, or the Lucius, Lucius Fox thing. Kind of seemed like a one-off. Well, no, no, um, that, I think, really is the prelude to the John Ridley miniseries. Uh, oh, could be. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Or I, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, me neither. So my thought uh, is that we're going to see... I think a lot of these are going to center around Tynan's Batman, because we know he has all these plans. So I think we're going to see what I'm going to call Arkham War between Joker and Bane. Um, And that could spin out into a miniseries, or it could be a subplot in the Batman title. Um, I've already said I think that the John Ridley story is going to spin out into his Batman miniseries starting in January with Nick Darrington. I think the symbol... I. Maybe this is wishful thinking, but I really think we're getting a Batgirls title. I think, and, you know, maybe it will be written by Williamson. Maybe it'll be by Hill. Maybe it'll be someone completely different. Um, I think we're also going to get an arc of Batman versus Ivy. I think that's sort of where we're going to see that. I don't see another Ivy miniseries just because I don't think the last miniseries with Harley Quinn sold well enough to justify it. Um, But I think that they could be building her up for that. And I think 
I've already mentioned Batman Annual number five, and that's going to be the same creative team exploring. I think we're going to get the origin of Clown Hunter in that. And of course, we know he's going to be a big part of the rest of this year in Batman facing off against Batman and Harley Quinn. So those are my predictions of where we're going to see this. I'm kind of in the same line with one exception. I think I think the Joker Bane arc is probably going to be our last. I, 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 at least I'm going to hope, and I'm only saying that because I think we just need a break from the Joker for a while again. Um, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who probably feel the same way. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping and thinking that that that's going to be the last. You know, if if we had to put these these stories in order, I would think that that would be the last that'll that'll appear. Um, I think that's the- a that's a really sensible thing because I think Tynan will know that he needs to rest using Joker. Yeah, unless so. they do it as a backup and then it ties into Ivy somehow. Possibly. I mean, um, what's his name? March has been doing sort of backup stuff throughout Tynan's run. So possibly they'll do that structure. I think Symbol should turn into the Batgirls and Harley Quinn. And it's going to be Barbara and Steph what? and Why would you do this to me? <laughs> because I love torturing you. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, would love see, I would love to see a new reiteration of the birds of prey uh with steph and and Cass and perhaps one more member uh under the tutelage of of babs now whether or not they bring babs back in the role as oracle or just a non-bat girl babs i i'll be okay with either one um but that would that that's my hope with what we get out of the symbol uh, is a more a more Batgirl centric Birth of Prey type book, uh, and you know if you if you make it Birth of Prey, you can kind of get away with having one Batgirl, you know, as Cass and spoiler, you know, keeping her Monica, uh, and just bring in another character, you know, would might be a good time to bring Helena back. Where is she? And she showed, wasn't she, she, she showed up in Batgirl in the early part of Rebirth, didn't she not? Who? Helena. I last saw her in Nightwing. Helena. Helena oh, yeah, that's right. was she in was, Nightwing, and then she, she moved was the, to Constantine, or Hellblazer, for six issues when Tim really? Seeley wrapped it up. And then she's popped <laughs> up in Batman and King's Run, because King also wrote her in Grayson, but she hasn't really had anything since then. Yeah, now that now that Donovan mentioned it, I do remember her in uh, in 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 Nightwing as well. Because right around the time after he broke up with the pregnant, not pregnant chick, right? <laughs> Blue haired girl, yeah. <laughs> That's correct. He had a three issue arc where they were um, going out, and then Helena was like, "Dick, your head's not together, so I'm leaving until you're more together." <laughs> yuck! 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 That Parker look. It's a reference I know what's but um, I mean, I know yeah. Spider Man, but uh. <laughs> that, that's uh, yeah, I'm not seeing her in years because like, I know she rocked up in like you know the Benson's Birds of Prey, obviously, yeah, and Nightwing. I think around the same time, to be honest. But I'm not, I, can't, I don't think I've I don't believe I've seen her since Dick was shot. She was in Bat. She was in Batman like eighty. 80- 
she was in City of Bane for like th- four issues, but she didn't really do that much. Did she fight against uh, Thomas Wayne? Yes, yeah, she did. And I, I got totally creamed because Thomas Wayne is Batman in the Batcave. Wait, yeah. Helena? Yeah. I don't remember that. She I remember there's where the, where, the, where the Bat family son's dick kind of surrounded him, and he kind of like took them down. Even Cassandra Kane, she know how I feel about that. But like, um, I, yeah, Tim was there. Uh, Damien was tied to a chair, whining. Um, Orphan was there. Helena was, I, yeah, Helena. I, yeah, I think that really one as well. Boy, wrong. I just, I don't want to go too far off topic, but man, I really hate what they've done with Damien. Over the past year or so, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Tomasi course corrects everything with, with, with my boy. Okay, so let's give a rating to Batman: The Joker War Zone out of five bat symbols. Overall, I give it a four out of five. It was mostly solid, and like even the the clown hair one, I didn't hate. I, 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 had, I had definitely had problems with, but it wasn't like I was like giving this like an NFU or anything like that. So like, uh, it wasn't pretty James much Robinson's cool. run on Detective Comics. Ooh. Oh God, why you bring that up? Because <laughs> that's a good example of a one star comic. <laughs> that was yeah, no, no, there, there was nothing, nothing, nothing of the sort, and I'm sure listener, listeners who are probably in their rocking chair right now are like, you know, oh, I remember when Donovan used to rant. Like, no, nah, none of this comes close to like the worst of the worst. So, like, no, no, this is pretty good, honestly. Like, like, like uh, most of the stories, I, I'd rather, I rather liked, and um, even if I thought they were okay, like, they, like, like, at no point did my blood boil, so it's good. <laughs> Uh, what does it say about these tie-ins and anthologies? It's like, well, I didn't hate it, so four stars. <laughs> I know, right? The, 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 uh, the Lord. Probably deserves a three, but I'm going to say 3.5 just because, I don't know, maybe I didn't have the history with some of these characters, but I, I didn't I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. So I will, I'll give it a 3.5. I'm going to give it a four as well. I really... Despite some some minor issues, I really like how they are setting up future stories uh, down the line for Bruce and the fam. Uh, but as Ian mentioned as well, I, I, Ian and Steph, I also liked how it was on panel of off panel land. You know, it, it, it tied up a lot of holes. That you know we probably would not have gotten had this issue not come out. So I like how it also tied up some some and answered some missing questions from uh, Joker War and Batman and the other titles. So for me, it's it, it's a four as well. I am also going to go with a four. I enjoyed all the stories. I really liked the Bane and the. Uh, symbol the the Batgirls story and I even I mean the art for all of them was really good so I just think this was a, a high quality package that gets me excited about next year I mean that's what it was for it's a, basically a series of five teasers for what we can get excited about for next year and it worked for me so four out of five I think that gives us a average of four out of five approximately rounding up we're running long, so we're not going to be able to get to listener feedback this week, but we will do it again next month. Our question of the week is, which one shot from Joker Warzone are you most excited to see followed up next year? So let's give our quick answers to that, starting with Donovan. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we know, but... <laughs> oh, man, what's going to happen with Clown Hunter? 
<laughs> it's um, it's uh, my girls, my daughter, uh, Cassandra Kane and her friend Steph. Uh, I'm interested to have a clown hunter. I, like I said, am finding myself emotionally invested in him just because I'm whatever, baby. But yes, I'm most excited about girls to see what that's going to become because they have really been playing up the the chip malfunctioning in Barbara's spine. So I have a funny feeling we're going to get the Batgirls and Oracle or something like that coming up next year. Because I think that's where we're going to be going with uh, Babs and Kathryn and Steph. And because uh, my two illustrious co-hosts have already said uh, the Batgirls, I'm going to go with... uh, Bane and Joker, I I am really ready to see those two go mano mm-hmm. a mano and see how that battle affects Batman and and the rest of Gotham. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb and I'm gonna say the uh, Bane Joker story. I hate to be unoriginal, but you all knew what I was gonna say. It's the Batgirls. That's what I'm most excited for, and I hope to hear what our listeners think about what they're most excited for. Well, technically, oh. it's mine, too, but I just had to be the contrarian. You're excited about it. Say it. I am excited about um, the Joker Bane, and I'm actually curious to see what happens with, uh, of course, Lucius. I love the Fox family. Um, couldn't really care more about Tim. I'm much more a Tam and uh, Luke guy, but I think the Ivy one will be interesting. I think the uh, Twitter outcry will be pretty big, though. I meant to ask you had there been anything out there from the from the Ivy Collective. Oh yes there has. It's pretty <laughs> frustrating. Ivy Collective. Uh, <laughs> the Ivy I, I Mass re- Root. Yeah, I couldn't remember I couldn't remember what that crew was called. So the, the I, I went into a little bit of a Star Trek world uh to call them the collective. I like it. Um, I want to give a big thanks to our patrons, uh, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O, Real Naduces, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Ian Miller, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Theodis Wright, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Brendan Roberts, Hannah Gar, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Sam Isaac, and Cody. Thank you all. You keep us on the interwebs and coming back twice a month and this time three times. Thank you for listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. This has been Ian. Wait, wait, we got to give a big thanks to, to Donovan for joining us. Thanks to Donovan. Oh, yes. Hey. Thank you so much. Your commentary has been really just insightful and great to Aww. interact with. Yeah, we're going to guys. Poach, we're gonna have to poach you from Stella. <laughs> Don't tell me you said that. Though. Get this chain off my ankle. No, you, guys are, you guys are too kind. And um, this was fun. I, I, would, I would very much be happy to, to do it again. And, uh, uh, read some comics with you three. Awesome. All right. Well, anyway, until next time, this has been Ian. This has been Donovan. That was Steph. Theo, I already said it. Oh, you did. Oh, oh you I got eaten. Is, you got cut off again. Oh, <laughs> and this is Theo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Batman Universe comic podcast. We'll be here next month. Fight on, cast lovers. <laughs>